Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Hey guys, Maximilian X here on the top of the episode um, with a special message from the team. We made a survey to gauge what people think of Game Rivals. Please fill this in as it will help us make the content that you would enjoy. The link for this is in the description for the episode, or you can find the link also on our Twitter, which is at game underscore rivals underscore. Thank you for your attention, and now back to the main episode. All righty, welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of your favorite Game Rivals. My name is Sean Templer. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Maximilian X, and how have you been, my friend? I've been good, all things considering. It's been a really busy two weeks for me, especially at work. You can attest to that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I, I got I got my uh, dose of gaming in whenever I could, so uh, at least we have something to talk about during what we've been playing. That's good to hear. Uh, we have a lot of uh, stuff lined up for this episode, so let's kick it off with the news. Yes, let's. Uh, it's been a very busy time in the news uh, in terms of gaming, from all the controversies that surrounding the whole thing with blizzard and uh hearthstone player blitzchung um this week of course uh we have blizzcon where um jay allen brecht um actually addressed the situation again um this time in person in front of an audience and well um too little, too late, I would say. Like, he gave a proper apology about how they handled it poorly. Um, and if you want to look it up, I think uh, multiple outlets have it on their YouTube channels. If you go to, like, IGN or uh, GameSpot or uh, Game Trailers, they have it all up there. Um, just look up BlizzCon uh, Intro 2019 and you'll find it. But <sighs> here's the thing. He was standing there being all sincere and heartfelt. But at the same time, outside, people were still protesting the way they handled stuff. And one of the chants that I heard, um, someone posted it in their video, was, you made us get off our couch. Wow. Like that, like if you really think, that is just hilarious, isn't it? You, I'm sorry. I would actually I know it's say, really hey, serious, I've but... done you a favor to get you off your lazy butt. Exercise is good. Do some more. I don't know, whatever. But it's like the worst <laughs> thing to say. Come on, man. Oh, man. Like, I, I don't know if they meant it ironically or not, but I honestly thought that that was hilarious. But the point still remains that they're still protesting and they're still not happy. Well, there is still a crowd of Blizzard fans that are not happy that. But was it, it a big crowd? Because I saw some things popping up, but I don't know if it was. Uh, was it? I a think the initial people? crowd was. I think the initial crowd was pretty big. I don't know if it's still that way today. Today's the last day of BlizzCon. Um, I'll have to check the socials, uh, medias for that. But I've been extra 
careful because some jerks have been spoiling Pokemon Southern Sword and Shield stuff, so I've been extra careful on the Twitterverse. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are, I mean, there's still, a, there's still people out there that are not happy how it went, but there are also people in there that applauded his at least effort to address the situation head on. Um, I mean, after that, they announced their new game. So everybody in, in the conference was at least placated. Um, I mean, we're getting finally Diablo 4. As far as I could tell, not a single mention of <laughs> Diablo Immortal. So I think that game good. doesn't exist anymore after last year's <laughs> debacle. Uh... Well, after this year's whole thing with China, I seriously doubt that it exists either. Um, because the, that game was being developed by NetEase, and NetEase are the ones that are responsible for Blizzard's operations in china so mm. we don't want to piss off the wrong people now would we because uh too late they a lot of did. money from china is flowing into u.s companies for games these uh as few uh years not just games man other stuff too speaking of that by the way um apparently i think this was already announced but nintendo's um distribution partner in china is going to be tencent Really? So whenever, yeah. So whenever the Switch is going to launch in China, it's going to be through Tencent, and any other games that are published um, in China will probably be published by Tencent, even if they're Nintendo made. So that's yeah. curious. I, I thought the Switch was already out in uh, in China. No, not no, not. They're, they're they're working on it, but again, everything has to go through the government. So yeah. That's the way China rolls, man. If you want to release something, the government has to approve. And if they don't approve, you don't get the release squad. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, BlizzCon is still going on. Other than Diablo 4, they also announced um, Overwatch 2. And that one was a really weird announcement. Because with Diablo 4, you know what you're getting. With Overwatch 2, the explanation was a bit different. So it is coming out for all major systems. So PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, obviously. Hey, the Switch is included this time. Yay! Yeah, but the reason why it's included this time is because the first game exists on Switch. Yeah. Because the multiplayer maps are going to be... What's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, basically all the multiplayer maps, whether you have Overwatch 1 or Overwatch 2, are going to be available on either version. Yeah, so we were talking about this before, but I kind of feel like it feels like a expansion pack than a full-blown sequel. That's what most people are... I think most people generally feel the same way about it, because the only thing that makes Overwatch 2 unique are the hero missions and the story missions, which you could have for the way they downloadable content. Exactly, because if you look at how Blizzard has portrayed Overwatch, it's very the characters have a lot of background and a lot of story around them. They have comic books for Overwatch, but it's never portrayed in the games because it's a multiplayer focused game. Fine, but why put in the effort of fleshing out the characters if they're nothing but 
bullet sponges, essentially. Yeah. But now they want to actually add to that. So they made a, so they announced a sequel. But it's kind of inconsequential because, I mean, as far as I can tell, both the story mode and the hero, the, the story missions and the hero missions are co-op online, which is fine. But I kind of feel like if you're going to do like story missions and hero missions, why not also make it single player? I I honestly am curious to see how people are going to respond when this game comes out, because I fear there's going to be a lot of backlash. One more thing, though, about Overwatch 2. It ain't coming out anytime soon. Because they didn't announce a release date? No, no, no. They said that it ain't coming out anytime soon. Let, let, let me put it this way. It probably won't come out until late 2020, early 2021. Why did they announce it then? To placate the fans. Yay. That's the way. At least that's my, that's my opinion. Does I mean, Diablo I'm, have I, a release date? Diablo? I don't think so. Let me look real quick. Um, I don't think that Diablo has one. Uh, they just announced that it's coming. Uh, I haven't seen they anything. They showed gameplay, so it must be in some playable. They state. showed gameplay, so that means that yes, they're. But they also showed gameplay of Overwatch too. So yeah, but if the game looks like an expansion pack, then it's easier to show gameplay for that than Diablo Four. No, they had new character models though. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the characters are getting an overhaul um, when uh, when that game comes out. So yeah. Uh, but, 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 no, no, no. From what I can tell right now, um, when it's done, probably. Yeah, not, yeah. I'm assuming that it's just when it's done. Um, they did show some uh, gameplay trailers of PvP, PvP zones and stuff like that. So it looks 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 good. Um, for what it is, so yeah. I mean, it's Diablo. Okay. Kind of can. I will say this: if you haven't seen the 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 cinemat the the re, the cinematic reveal trailer for Diablo Four, like that is some eldritch horror stuff in there. <laughs> like I'm not. I'm like I am a big scary cat, and I'm not afraid to admit that I'm a big scary cat. And this kind of skeeved me out. So watch it at your own discretion. Um, yeah, uh, that, I, I think that's, yeah, oh, sorry, um, there were two more things about BlizzCon, but who cares, new expansion bat pack for World of Warcraft and new, um, expansion pack for Hearthstone, yeah. Yay. I feel like nobody's actually interested in World of Warcraft anymore, at least it doesn't have the same following or the buzz it used to have years ago. I wonder nah, if they are still into MMORPGs. Oh no, they're still into MMORPGs. I mean, WoW Classic kind of proved that. But um, but isn't that nostalgia that people do that for a month and then after a month they're like, yeah, there's oh, a reason. they're still playing. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like if you go to Twitch, there are still people live streaming that stuff. So clearly, there are people still out there playing the game. But. I still feel that they should have gone free to play like three years ago and just charge you for the expansion packs. That would have been a better strategy, I think. But hey, I mean, it's it's literally the guild two strategy. Yeah. So. Oh well. Oh. 
um yeah so that's about it for blizzcon I, I don't see anything else that was interesting or worthwhile mentioning so uh let's move on to uh something else uh you got anything else to report i have a really long list uh i think i'll start with the the sad one um the last of us unfortunately got delayed after mm. just getting a release date well like a couple of weeks ago <sighs> Yeah, like I think it was three weeks after the the release date got announced, not even a month. And I'm I told you this before, and I'm gonna say it here as well on on this is that I felt that Sony pushed them to announce a release date, whether they felt like they would be able to hit it or not. And after the after a while, when the when they solidified that initial release date, they were like, no, nah, this is not going to happen because we are legit not happy with where we are. So they had to move it back for how, how long? A month? So it's now slated for May. May, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay. Two, so three months. Two months. Two, two three months. Yeah. Which makes sense because in two, you can do a lot in two, three months. Yeah. In, you know, the same thing happened with Uncharted 4. So. And they proved that because they did it, the game was good or amazing. So, yeah, it always sucks when a game is delayed. But in case of Naughty Dog, I'm just happy they did it. And they openly admit it because, you know, it's a pretty big game. A lot of people are, ho- are waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be really bad if it just came out in a broken state. So with these things, yeah, we've we've been waiting for it for years. But I know that when it comes out, it will come out with a bang and it'll be worth the wait so we should just you know i mean i'm happy that at least they're delaying it and they know that it's not in a state that they would release it that they'd be proud of but it the fact that it happened so soon after they finally gave it a date still feels to me like this was something that they either didn't have full control over or they were forced to do so I don't know the details about that. I'll be honest with that. Yeah, it feels like a corporate move that they kind of got forced into it, um, and then that's why it's so strange that they kind of postponed it only after announcing a, uh, a release a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? I mean, there's not a lot to say except that we just have to wait a little bit longer for uh, for the game to come out. But at least we can be confident that when it comes out, it is gonna be worth it. It'll probably be the one of the best PS4 games out there. Yeah, I mean, at least that way the PS4 goes out with a bang. I, I'm just curious um, to see what Sony does in its stead. I mean, I hope that they do release some game in its stead in the beginning of the year. Um, we still have Ghost of Tsushima, so either that's going to come out in that space. I don't think so, but I hope so. Yeah, I doubt it. I, I think it's probably going to come out at the end of the year, just before the new PlayStation comes out. I think that's why they kind of, again, we don't know the the politics behind these decisions, so all we can do is speculate. Um, but yeah, I think they're just going to have like a, they're going to have to fill it up with something else. Maybe a bunch of smaller titles. I mean, they've kind of lost their, um, they haven't been promoting a lot of, I mean, with the state of play, they try to promote indie titles as much as they can. But it seems like even the indie developers, um, are trying to move on so yeah sony 
had its earning call a few uh, days ago, and they said that uh, development on PS5 games is going real smooth and uh, it's on track. So I think really? we'll get a good launch lineup. Also, from a third party point of view, uh, mm-hmm. apparently a lot of third party developers are working on uh, ps5 games i think ubisoft mm-hmm. came out a couple of days ago and said that uh they want to bring out a few of their current gen games on next gen because it's a uh, live service of course so we'll probably see uh rainbow six siege. rainbow six siege maybe watchdogs now probably watchdogs legion the new one that's coming out will come out on the new playstation uh, division two maybe division two maybe ghost recon breakpoint I seriously doubt Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, but the, you know what the funny thing is about Breakpoint is that um, they uh, announced... Did we talk about this the last time? We only Because had... it was a big article about this. Yeah, I, I read the article a couple of days ago, and they said that the sales figures were kind of disastrous for Breakpoint and that the game is in a really bad state, but they're committed to making the game as they originally promised slash envisioned it. So they're going to put a lot of time and money and effort into getting Breakpoint up to the level it needs to be. I just Yeah, but the other side of that is that they delayed a bunch of games till the next fiscal year. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen because Watch Dogs Legion got pushed. Mm-hmm. Even Gods though it didn't have a date. Got, yeah, it was going to come out in March. Wait, it was? Yeah, Legion had a March release date, but it got pushed and Gods and Monsters was... Played it for February, it got pushed. They pushed really? uh They haven't shown anything of Gods and Monsters. Yeah, just the E3 teaser trailer, yeah. How the heck did that have a date and not you wanna the point is they're pushing all those stuff back. That's honestly totally fine by me. Yeah. I mean, even EA had an earnings it... call and said, Hey, we're working on a new Battlefield title, Battlefield 6, but it's not coming out till 2021. Um, yep. It's going to have a new, a few new experiences built in for the next-gen consoles, but don't get your hopes up. We're riding this one out because everybody's doubling down on live service games again. Which is good. Yeah. Which is good because that means it gives them time to make something the wholly, hopefully wholly unique um, that would fit that generation of gaming. But yeah. uh, it, it is EA... We'll see. I mean, it's good that they're saying that it's coming out in 2021 instead of 2020. I mean, Battlefield 5 came out, what, this year? Last year. Last year, yeah. So, you know, give that game to breathe. I mean, don't, like, don't go Call of Duty. Yeah. Speaking about EA. And apparently, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Um, EA came out with a surprise announcement that they have this partnership with Valve. And that they're going to oh, bring yeah. out EA Access to Steam. Steam. Yeah, and I think it's going to start a bit this year, but the full-fledged service is launching next year. It's a strange move. I don't know why, because it's also the first subscription-based service on Steam. It's it's the death of uh, Origin. Yeah, the, the cool part is, is that people that buy games on Steam... EA games and people that buy games on Origin can play together with each other. Well, at least they're working on it so that it does. I think initially it won't. I don't hope it's going to um, be one of those Stadia things. Yeah. Which they say, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then the closer they get the lot, this... we're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, this does kind of mean... This does 
give that some more credence that they might actually bring EA access to Stadia because at this point they haven't announced something like that yet it's and the they announced this before I think they have to well then why not just come out and say that you're also bringing it to Stadia because that is coming out this month I think they or that wanna... is launching in quotes this month kind of sort of not really I think they want to um, see the at least that's what I would do if I were the EA. I would sit it out and see what what the numbers are for Stadia, or to see if it's really gonna be a hit, or people are gonna sit this one out. Uh, and I can't imagine when the free version of Stadia comes out, it'll be more interesting for uh, an EA to come out with Origin Access because then they only have to sell the hey, you only have to pay fifteen bucks a month to be able to use our our service on Stadia instead of. You have to buy our subscription and you have to buy a Stadia Pro subscription. Uh, so I think they want to hook people easily by saying you only have to pay 15 is, bucks. Is that how Uplay is working? I honestly don't know. I haven't looked into that yet. Hmm. Because at least I think from the initial reporting was that ba- that Stadia Basic was going to come out next year somewhere. Feb- early, early next year, like February or something. So yeah, how does that work? If if you're going to do, does your UPlay um, subscription automatically translates into being usable on Stadia, regardless on regardless or not? Because that I think you just have to link your account. It's kind of like with the PlayStation and the Xbox. You can link your UPlay account to an Xbox or a PlayStation. Yeah, so they'll probably have the option link to stadia and then you can just link it and then probably play it we'll have to the question is if they're gonna force you to have a pro account to be able to do that though i think they'll initially do that and then eventually they'll pivot to the we'll see yep all right yeah that was yeah i mean when did they say that the that the that ea access was coming to steam i think they're gonna kick it off this year with a small game with one game or something like that and then Rolling into next year, they'll be bringing more titles uh, to the service. Wow, I think the last time I bought an EA game on Steam was Mass Effect 2. Yeah, as soon as... uh, I remember, I think it was around Battlefield 3 time. When Battlefield 3 came out, you couldn't buy that one on Steam. Bad Company 2 was the last one available on Steam. Mm. Uh, So I think it's... Around that time, 2011, that EA pivoted it over to Origin and say, hey, you have to buy all our games through Origin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how did that work out for them? Apparently not so good. Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, is when EA came out with Origin, I thought, well, this is not going to last. It's going to probably be one of those. It lasted longer. Though. Yeah, I thought like they'll hmm. shut down the servers in a year, but they kind of have it going for eight years now. Yeah, good on, good on them. Um... Yeah, speaking of quarterly earnings, Nintendo had theirs. I uh, read some uh, interesting things. Yeah, there were some pretty good numbers in there. I mean, the Switch sales have been growing year over year. Um, uh, The Switch Lite was, of course, announced and released. And for the past quarter, um, let me see how many Switches they sold. Uh, dang it, I don't have the number here exactly. But what I do know is that for the whole quarter, half of the switches that were sold during the quarter was Switch Lite. 
That's good. So Switch Lite actually boosted the sales um, of the Switch hardware. So that means that, yeah, Switch is actually doing really good. Um, most of them are new owners of Switch. I think it was about 58% of them were new owners. And 40... Wait, which, what did I say? 58? Uh, I was looking up the number for the Switch Lite while you were talking, so <laughs> I got that part for you. But apparently, since the launch on September 20th, till yeah. the end of the quarter, they sold 1.95 million units of the Switch Lite. Yeah, and that is half of the quarter. So the total quarter came out to, like, I think, 3 million or something. Um, so, yeah, that's actually really impressive. For something that came out in, like, late September, and the numbers go until, um, I think, end of September. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so for the eight days that it was on the market, it sold, like, over a million. Uh, Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, it's ridiculous. The thing is, two twenty nine. I think, as you said, for kids, it's going to be an amazing. We have Black Friday coming up. We have the holiday season coming up. We have Pokemon coming we have up. Pokemon in a couple of weeks, coming man. up. I think a lot of kids are going to find Switch lights under their Christmas tree. Yep. Yeah, because it's easy. Um, the funny thing is, though, that a lot of people that bought the Switch Lite share it among family members. Really. Yeah, and again, this is in a household that, that that has more than one Switch in it. So the Switch Lite is basically their second console, and it's shared amongst the family members, mostly probably because they have kids. So it makes it a bit more easier. And um, the split between men and women, 43% of women are Lite owners. Wow. Yeah, uh, 57% are men. So that's actually almost... Like, almost split down the middle, which is amazing. But then again, it makes a lot of sense because it's something small. It's something relatively cute, um, depending on which color you go for. Um, And I honestly do believe that these are also the kind of players that will play something that is more bite-sized on it, which is perfect because there are a lot of indie titles that are that are bite-sized experiences on it. So, yeah. I uh, haven't given my Switch a lot of love lately. But uh... Well, you should. Speaking of which, <laughs> the next time I see you, thank you for reminding me. The next time I see you, I'm lending you Link's Awakening so we can talk about it. Ah, yes. Um, and Pokemon because you asked for that one as well. You don't have to tell um, it all. People don't need to know I want to play Pokemon. Better keep up the <laughs> badass image, man. Come on. Uh huh. Sure, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the only the only few things that I want to talk about in the in the in the sales is that games are selling like gangbusters. Um, Fire, Emblem, Fire Emblem Three Houses actually outsold the best selling Fire Emblem game to date, which is um, I. Th- think that was fire emblem awakening um they sold about three point something million of fire emblem from fire emblem three houses which is ridiculous by the way because considering that fire emblem awakening was supposed to be the swan song of the series the fact that they made such a big turnaround over the past 10 years is astounding on, especially on the international scale. So, yeah, 
That's cool. So that means we will be seeing more Fire Emblem in the future. When? I don't know. I still need to do the other three playthroughs of Fire Emblem. So First, finish The Last of Us. I will. Don't worry about it. I got time. Um, yeah, well, they didn't have sales numbers for Ring Fit Adventure, but they do say that a lot of people in their 20s, 30s are picking it up, mostly female. Again, kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, Switch sales have been really good. Um, Tell me this. With the exception. Well, the, yeah. How is it possible? Because you told me this and I'm still not, I don't understand how this is possible. Hmm. How is it possible that a Wii game sold 40,000 units? Because you told me this five minutes ago before we started recording, and I, I'm still baffled. I mean, come on. So there's, oh, there's basically man. one factory in the world which is still producing Wii games, even though the Wii got discontinued. And 40,000 people are stupid enough to buy that game? Oh, I didn't want to bring this up because I knew it would just ruffle your feathers, but I just wanted to bring it up just for you. But sure, fine. Um, real quickly, Mario Kart Wii apparently still selling. They're apparently still making new copies of Mario Kart Wii. And this past six months, they sold around 40K of them. Why? Um, which pushes its worldwide sales, by the way, from... 37.20 million to 37.24 million. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because I think it's still the best selling Mario Kart to date. Oh, oy vey. I'm just, st- I can't wrap my head around that one. No, I can't wrap around my head the fact that that one is the best selling Mario Kart there is, even though we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh, uh, well. But it is, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is gaining in numbers, which is good because I think. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but it basically it comes down to two and three Switch owners own Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Every two or three Switch owners? or From every three Switch owners, two of them own Mario Kart 8. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so two-thirds, man. That's a very good uh, attach rate. Yeah. Wasn't there a bundle yeah, so, with uh, Mario Kart? Uh, eventually, and not in all territories. Okay. And it was only temporary. Okay. And it didn't. It they didn't launch with a bundle. That came like a year or so later. Oh, I thought it came out with a bundle. No, nah, no. Nah, when they started, it was just like buying the game separately. I think the bundle helped a bit during last year's holiday season. So I'm kind of curious what they're gonna do this year. Um. I haven't seen any bundles announced for this holiday season. Um, the Pokemon Special Edition Switch Lite is not a bundle. It's just the console, which is already out, I think. Right. And it doesn't come with the game. It doesn't come with the game code. It's just that. I have seen pictures of it in the wild. And initially when I... No, but see, I almost was going to buy it. And then I saw the pictures and I was like, oh, it's a little bit too gray. Like the gray color is not And the flattering. blue one or the yellow one? I don't want to buy the blue or the yellow one. I wanted to buy them the the, 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 the Pokemon one. But it's not as pretty as I thought it was going to be. So I'm kind of bummed out. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, um, yeah. Nintendo has been, uh, has been doing good. Nice. Good to hear. I'm uh, yeah. 
really happy for you. You can hear that by the sound of my voice and the intonation I'm using. Oh yeah, you're totally into it, man. Oh, totally I love into it. it. Um, yeah. So we have two um, things left on the list, I think. Yeah. Um, let's do the short one first because I think the last one is gonna take up a lot of time. I don't know. Um, another person left the anthem team. One of one of the other leads left the anthem team. Uh, Chad Robertson, who was the head of life services, is leaving the company after 14 years. <sighs> Which is another unfortunate thing to happen for Anthem. Because now we don't know who's leading the ship. Um, I don't think it says so in the article. It just has his twi- Twitter uh, announcement that this is my le- last week in Bioware. It's I've been with the company for 14 years and I'm grateful for everything I've been uh, part of here. Sotor, Anthem, the Awesome Studio and Bioware are in good hands. You can expect great things ahead. Okay. As I join as a fan now, I, I look forward to playing Bioware games for years to come. I'm very excited about the next step of my journey in the games industry. I look forward to sharing that soon, which means he got another job and he just... Um, he yeeted himself out of Bioware. Or he's starting his own company. Or that. That seems to be the trend these days. I mean, uh, Patrick Sutherland, who was the VP, it was kind of like the, the uh, Shuihei Yoshida of uh, EA, eventually also left and started his own company. So, Yeah, true. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, uh, I bought Anthem for 18 bucks, which is uh, well spent 18 bucks because I wasn't willing to spend more on it. Um on PlayStation this time, I still have to start playing the game. I only played like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, I still stand by my case that if ever there was to be made an Iron Man game, the flight mechanics from Anthem nail it. So if there's ever going to be an Iron Man game, use those mechanics or rip them off or whatever, because that's the perfect <laughs> way of flying around in a suit. And I'll leave it at that, because the last thing I want to say is their Stranding reviews came out and it's so divided, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I did not see this coming at all. Um, the way I saw this playing out, honestly, was either people were going to praise it to high heavens, which some of them did, or... Burn it to the um, depths of hell. Well, no, not necessarily. Or people were going to be either disingenuous or... Um, I honestly didn't expect the reviews to come out this early. So I didn't expect that as well. I thought it was going to maybe like be a couple of days, maybe two or three days before the game comes out because the game's coming out next Friday. But we get mm-hmm. the reviews a whole week in advance. And I, we kind of spoke about this in the past. I said it's either going to be a blockbuster success title or it's going to be a cult following. The way yeah. it's looking right now is it's going to be a cult following because um, some sites give it, some big news game outlets give it a 9, and other big ones give it like a 6.8, which is really different. That's 6.8 coming from IGN. Yeah, and the 9 coming uh, from To be specific, IGN US, because IGN Italia gave it a way higher number. Are you sure it's IGN US? I thought it was IGN Australia. Mm, uh, no, that was the main IGN site. Yeah, so okay. US. 
Anyways, but, it's yeah, confusing. Like I said, IGN Italia gave it a higher number. IGN Italia gave it... Let me look real quick. Um, sorry, IGN Spain gave it an 8.7. What did IGN Netherlands give it? I don't know. I haven't checked. I don't check IGN Netherlands. It pisses me off. I wouldn't say oh, that. Oh, Italia loud. gave it a 9.8. Wow. Yeah. Maybe not say that IGN Netherlands pisses you off. If we ever have to work with the guys, then... We kind of burned that bridge right now. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. Uh, it's just, I I prefer reading stuff in English. That's okay, why. anyways. Um... <laughs> yeah, but if, the point is being that if you look, like, even if you look through Metacritic and you look at some of the reviews that give it like a rid- ridiculously high number, there's always some kind of backhanded excuse, but they still give it a high number. So they'll complain about the same things that lower lower scored reviews give it, but they try to either not spin it or they just mention it and keep moving on. I think, from based on what I've seen, and I haven't seen a lot of reviews, but based on what I've seen is, I think people have the wrong expectations because, and this is a really dumbed down version of what it is, but basically, you're a mailman connect delivering packages and connecting the world, and that's basically how the game is going to be but people i think are are kind of led astray because of the really scary and creepy enemies or the creepy cutscenes, or the people that you see or all the famous people you see and i mean i expected matt mickle's character to be this big badass guy you have to fight against and nobody mentions him in the reviews troy baker's character seems like this cool bad bad guy and nobody kind of mentions him or they're trying to avoid spoilers but it, yeah, it's I think mostly avoiding spoilers because at least the one consistent thing that all the reviewers are talking about is that the story is the main focus. It's the yeah. main point. Yeah. Um and, and there is not a lot actually, of big focus on combat as well. It's a lot it's like it kind of feels like no, no Man's but that Sky, also a kind of exploration also, game. True, but that also ties into the whole um not the story, but the, the 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 goal. And the goal is not just you're a mailman, but the goal is you have to reconnect America. Yeah. Because everybody is segmented off in their bunker bunkers. They're not connected. They're afraid to go outside because of the BTs, which is the what is it? What is short for again? Beyond like I've heard it like a bunch of times I during know, the man. reviews. I keep forgetting the short. Basically, these creatures, the BTs. People are afraid of them because they caused essentially the apocalypse. Yeah. And um, if you don't want to die and become one, well, of course, you're going to stay in your bunker. But that means you're disconnected from the world. You're disconnected from everybody else. And that's what your role is as Sam Bridges, is to not just deliver packages, but to also reconnect America in an emotional way, on an emotional level, through and this kind of network. Think, like, from a story point of view, and from like, I think that's all fine and all. But I think people are, and maybe there's a marketing campaign behind it. But based on what we've seen so far, I think a lot of people expect mm. a Metal Gear Five meets horror, spooky sci-fi thingies. And when people figure out that that's really not what it is, I mean. There isn't a lot of folks on combat. It's basically just carrying packages from A to B, and it's a really pretty game to do it. And there's a lot of 
ways to do it and the multiplayer aspect the asynchronous multiplayer aspect is really good but i think mm-hmm. that yeah let, let me put it this way it's not what i expected that it is... to be and yeah. it's not that i'm this combat junkie that i just want to blow shit up even though i do that in battlefield which is <laughs> a conversation for another time. you said it yourself yeah, yeah but fine. like i was expecting kind of a metal gear meets horror stuff based on what we've seen and i think part maybe they wanted to mislead us so we when we got the game or when we get the game it's going to be a different experience and i think kojima's always been a, this this guy that's about storytelling and cinematic experiences so it i think this would go more towards a heavy rain slash detroit become human kind of experience than a metal gear kind of experience because that's what we used to from the guy he's been making metal gear games for a couple of decades now so we basically only know him for that stuff and now he's kind of branching off of that path and i think people have to get used to that well i think that if people are looking at it from a perspective of oh it's like a metal gear then it's their own fault for looking at it like that if you've been following kojima's history and um Come on, let's be honest. Through the if game Gero industry, was they, to make an FPS shooter, people would be horrified as well because that guy only. No, does... no, no, no. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, from the perspective of following the man's career, you would have to understand that his thing is trying to be more cinematic, and the, the Metal Gear games have been following this trend all this time. I mean, lest we forget the twenty-seven minute cutscene in Metal Gear Solid Four, so. He's been moving towards being a more cinematic game developer for forever. So if if you at least understand that that's the way his games are going to be from now on, I think you're going to be less disappointed. Plus, the asynchronous multiplayer thing is like the only other thing that gets universal praise because apparently it works really well and it actually makes sense within the narrative as well so but um i don't know i'm curious i don't know when i'm gonna get this game and play it myself um i have this but i am but it but it but it has made me curious after reading a bunch of these reviews and watching some of the reviews the best review that i did watch though um is from uh Dang it! What's what's that? They're all star with G. It makes it so much difficult. Games um, Gamespot. 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 Their editor in chief, Kylie Plaggy, wrote the review on it. Did the video review on it, and it's the most um, coherent one there is. She gave it a nine, but she explained it in a way that I understand why she gave it a nine. Now, would I find that if I play the game, would I think it's a nine? I don't know. I haven't played it yet. So maybe her number is valid. Maybe it's not. But at least she wasn't backhanded in her um, in her review. She wasn't. She didn't have any backhanded comments. The things that bothered her, she plainly put it out there. But she also focused on what makes Death Stranding the unique game it is. So that actually gives me more credence of being like, okay, that I get why you gave it a nine. And I don't get why someone who is basically saying the game is meh would still give it a nine. (laughs) Yeah. Or the best thing ever is this game is not for everyone. 
stop right there. Like, if you're going to say it's not for everyone, just say the game is not for everyone. Give it the, the number that you want to give it and move on. Because whatever you're going to say after this game is not for everyone kind of gets undercut by the fact that you said it's not for everyone. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I haven't pre-ordered it, but hey, I said that a couple episodes ago. I think I'm just going to yeah. wait this one out, see what people respond to, maybe want to figure out what the sales figures are just to see if it's uh, what I expect and maybe watch. I never watch YouTube playthroughs because I don't want to get spoiled, but I think I might look at a few or maybe I'll just have a look at the GameSpot review and based on that, I'll make my decision. All right, cool. Uh, I think that's all. Wow, do we have it? I think that's all the news. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's a lot of news. Yep. Well, all right. Stick around. We'll be back with what we've been playing. Yep. Yep. All right. Welcome back to this week's what we've been playing. Sean Templar, you have had the honor to tell us what you've been playing. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to use a cliche word, but I had a battle-tastic week because I've been playing a lot of Battlefield. Uh... Yeah. And a lot of Call of Duty. All right. Yeah. So How's that been? I, I like it. But then again, I, was, I already liked it in the beta. So, yeah, I just picked up where I left off. <laughs> Wait, did you literally pick up where you left off, or did you like have to start all over again? It had to start all over again. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, um, Modern Warfare came out. I bought it. I love it. Uh, I've been putting a lot of time in the multiplayer. I have twenty hours in so far in the multiplayer. I almost only play realism because I just like the way that is. A bit more damage. A bit more careful. Um, I know that this Call of Duty revolves around uh, Ground War, which is basically Call of Duty's answer to Conquest from Battlefield. Um, I don't really like it yet because it's too chaotic for me, whereas mm -hmm. I'm used to Conquest and it's chaotic in a different way. But if I, it felt too overwhelming for me, so I stuck to realism. And then the other day they brought out a... For, for those who don't know what Conquest means, could you explain what it... What of kind course. Of gameplay mode. So is. Conquest or Ground War in this case is a game mode in which 64 people are divided in two teams of 32 and they're fight against each other and you have to take over uh certain spawn points on the map and by at least in Conquest's uh, case you take over the spawn points and then the enemy's ticket count is reduced. The first team to reduce the enemy's ticket count wins. Um there are vehicles included so I think after last year's Black Ops 4, this one has helicopters, APCs, Jeeps, stuff like that in it. Yeah, cool. um, yeah it, it's cool, but again, I haven't put a lot of time into it yet. Um, for Battlefield, it's basically the only mode I play, and in this case, with Call of Duty, um, there was a lot So what's of... the difference between this and Conquest? <coughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I think it's the same, but for some reason, it just... Doesn't I don't know. I when I've played a few matches, I felt so overwhelmed by it and so chaotic. I kept dying constantly and I kind of didn't know where to go or what to do, even though the ball points were pretty obvious. I got turned off by it, so I stuck to the smaller game modes. Um, 
the, they brought out an update the other day, which took out realism from the playlist, which I was bummed out about. So now I'm playing a lot of Kill Confirmed, which is uh, a smaller game mode in which... Are they tweaking it or something? I think so. I don't know. I, I don't know why they took it out, because I, I really like realism. But in Kill Confirmed, they added Kill Confirmed in its stead. And they also added Night Game, so that you have to play with Night Vision goggles, which has a blend of realism in it. Um, Wait, does that mean that they're switching up game modes every once in a while? Uh, could be. That's what Battlefield does, and maybe they're doing it as well. Hmm. Yeah. In uh, Kill Confirmed, it's uh, basically... Uh, if you It's kind of team deathmatch, but if you kill an enemy, they drop... Or if you kill or get killed, you drop a dog tag, and the team has to collect the most dog tags. So you can either uh... collect an enemy dog tag, or you can collect your own dog tag, or your teammates' dog tags, and deny the kill. Um, it changes up the pacing. It's really nice because nobody sticks to one area. The the combat's flowing all over the map. Um, that makes it really nice. Um, I've also experienced more crossplay because um, I don't know how it works. At least I feel it doesn't work that way. But I you can choose to turn crossplay off in the settings. But it it looked like the matchmaking preferred crossplay because. If I did a crossplay enabled game, it matched make me faster into other um, games. Whereas if I turned it off, it took a whole lot longer for me to get matchmaked. Whereas I'd say, hey, um, I understand that there are more people playing, so it's easier to get matchmaked with crossplay. But we've never did crossplay so far, so why am I not being matchmaked fastly into a PlayStation match? I mean, it's not like there's 10 people out there playing the PlayStation version. Um, so it looks like they're, it looked like they were biased towards crossplay, but I don't know if it... Maybe, but maybe it's... I'm assuming that crossplay is on by default. It's Yeah, it's enabled by default. Yeah, so th- I think that, that... Well, that is one. And the other thing is that gamers like trying new stuff. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that the Call of Duty community was been jonesing for crossplay for a long time. So it would make sense that more people are willing to do crossplays. And if you're saying like if you're turning that off, that means that you're only getting matched up with people that have it turned off um, willingly. Yeah. The funny so. thing is, is um, if you want, you can hook up a keyboard and mouse to the to your PlayStation because I bought the PS4 you did that, didn't version. You? No, I didn't do that, but um, really? the funny thing ah. is, um, I got matchmaked into a all-PC game. I was the only player on console. No. And I was first of my team. No, seriously? I shit you not. Wow. Yeah, because when I first got matchmaked into that, I was when I saw it happen, because you can see if it's a PlayStation player or a computer player, yeah. when I saw that, like, well, shit, there goes my game. I'm going to get my ass handed to me. And then I don't know what happened, but when the match was over, I just looked at the scoreboard and I was first of my team. So I'm like, okay, I didn't expect this one. Uh, Wait, did your team win though? That I don't remember. I uh, I made a recording of the game, so I have to check that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was at least happy to be the first of my game, and I had a positive kill death ratio. So suck it, PC master. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, all right. Yeah. Those are those those is fighting words, man. I know, I know. <laughs> um and besides that, yeah, I the the I said it in the beta preview as well that the mm. weapon customization system is really, really extensive. You can I didn't mix get that them. far in it. 
but I did see I did see the inklings of it. It looks really interesting. Yeah, you can create a lot of Frankenstein-y weapons. And you can really mix and match and try it out. Um, I had uh, an instance in which I added uh, a certain grip to my M4, and I immediately noticed the recoil increasing. So like, hey, okay, this is really a noticeable difference, so I switched back. But it's really nice to see those differences and to feel it instead of looking at some bars going up and down saying, hey, if you add this, it'll add more recoil control or less. It's really nice to feel it. Um, so yeah, that that's really nice. Uh, I would definitely recommend people, if they're into shooters, to buy this one. Um, it's one of those classic Call of Duty games that you would really want to play. Yeah, cool. So if you haven't played Call of Duty in past six months... It's all for you. Nah, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I again, we played it in the beta, and I was honestly legitimately surprised at how fun, how much fun it was to play, especially realism mode. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm gonna, I, I I'm gonna try and pick it up uh, whenever I have the chance. Um, it won't be anytime soon because I have other games that I still need to finish, so I'm putting my priorities on that. Um. But I would love to get into some Call of Duty again. I mean, the last, like I said, the last time I played was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. That's a long time so, ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And even then, I mean, I was, first person shooters are still not my cup of tea. But if I have someone to play with it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We had um, a lot of fun in the beta. Yeah, we had a lot of fun in the beta. Okay. Yeah, we had a ton of fun in the beta. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what else have you been playing other than battling it up in Battlefield and Call of Duty? Um, well, I will touch on Battlefield one second because the cool part about Battlefield is is the Pacific update finally came out this week. I saw, yeah. I saw. I was like, oh, he's probably oh, so happy that oh I finally dropped. You kept bugging me about oh. that stuff for weeks. Like, oh eh, they God. still haven't brought that yeah. yet. It officially <laughs> uh, kicked off year two of Battlefield. Yeah. And Oh my god. This is how Battlefield should have launched last year because it is so <laughs> so cool. I played it with a buddy of mine, Lieutenant Moore 54 and so what they've done is they've added two maps for now, mm. which is Iwo Jima and Pacific Storm, I believe. Um you have two modes, Breakthrough and Conquest. Breakthrough is literally there are two points you have to the map is divided into five zones and one team is defending two areas or two two capture points and one is attacking it if you take over the capture point you progress to the next part of the map and then get to the fifth part and then you win the match or you lose the match um you have tickets as attackers so you have to be mindful of that and the iwo jima map it was so awesome because it's this you start out on a ship you do a proper beach landing kind of like saving private ryan then you mm-hmm. push forward you have bunkers you can destroy there are tunnels in the mountains you can go through. They've added flamethrowers. And get this, they've added mm-hmm. a katana. And boy, oh boy, did I slash up some people and it was fun. Dang, okay. It was so, so I'm cool. Assuming that, so I'm assuming that you played on um, um, the Japanese side then? Uh, the funny thing is, is everybody can pick it up. There are these special like, really? weapon points and then you can either pick up a flamethrower or a katana so i was just running around with my friend with my m1 garand and i just saw a samurai sword and i'm like you know what let me try this out so i grab one of those swords i run into a tunnel and before i know it i've been chopping up four or five guys and then i was 
screaming through the microphone, like, holy shit, holy shit, I chopped the guy up, I chopped the guy up. And then it, the fifth guy I killed, uh, my friend, uh, he saw that. He was like, oh, my God, I saw you chopping the guy up. Oh, no. We were like two little kids in camp shop. It was so fun. Um, oh, and it felt so awesome. satisfying. It felt so satisfying. <laughs> it's, it's a one-hit kill, so you just have to – you have – a slash, a dash, mm-hmm. and a stab. And, oh, yeah, man, I was just screaming banzai through the microphone and charging at enemies and killing them. It was really fun. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The other map uh, is Pacific Storm, which is kind of a remake from a Battlefield 4 map called Parcel Storm. So it's mm-hmm. like uh, a smaller island that you have to take over. Um, the cool part is, is, is it has kind of a dynamic storm system in it. So the map can suddenly shift into this massive storm that rages over the island and it can kick in any any moment, which makes it a bit more cooler. Because what's fun about this part is that the, the I think they improved the color palette or something because there's a lot of green, lush environments in it. it re- the colors really pop. So when that storm suddenly comes, everything turns into this gray, dark bluish kind of palette, uh, which makes it also f- uh, a bit more atmosphery. So it's really, really nice. Um, they're going to add a third map, which is called Wake Island, which is a classic Battlefield map. Everybody knows it. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to come out soon. It's still in development. Um, they've added a lot of weapons. I mentioned the M1 Garand. Um, they've added an MMG for the support class, so it's a big machine gun, um, some Japanese weapons such as SMGs and stuff like that. And they have plenty more installed for the next few months. So I'm all excited about Battlefield again. Nice, yeah, good to yeah. hear, good to hear. Yeah, right, and uh, the last game I've been playing is uh, The Outer Worlds, because I figured out... Really? Uh, yeah. Um, Wait, did you buy it or...? No, I uh, apparently still have an Xbox Game Pass subscription running, which I didn't know about, I kind of forgot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, All right, it is on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, it was a day yeah. one Game Pass game, so I played, I think, an hour and a half so far. Um the the, the tricky part with these kinds of games is is that i like games with rpg mechanics in it Mm -hmm. but i'm not a huge fan of rpg games themselves because it's it's just so much that i get Mm -hmm. distracted and after a while i just get bored with it and then i never play it again because in my hour and a half i've been playing with the game the game looks gorgeous it runs in unreal engine it's really really pretty and it's really fun it's a lot of joking and sarcasm basically the game's mocking itself um and i yeah it's it's from the creators of fallout so it is kind of like a fallout game and people who know me know that i hate fallout because of the <laughs> really dull animations i mean like one of those fallout games yeah, but the, you're talking about the bethesda fallout yeah game. yeah this one has a lot more liveliness to it though the animations are better and there's more emotion in it instead of oh no your father died and they look at you with a here it's more uh, lively. But anyways... Um, Better engine. Yeah, I think so, yeah. It, it's I, In my brief time, I've talked to so many random people and gotten so many quests that I just don't know which one to complete anymore. And that kind of overwhelms me because I want to complete all those quests and then I kind of lose sight of the main quest and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Eventually I'll just stop playing this. But so far... Um, it's nice it's your typical rpg so you create your character you pick your appearance there are different areas in which you can skill your character and add points so you can be this gunslinger you can be this stealthy thief kind of character 
you can uh, I don't know get better in lock picking. Um, you have a companion system, so I have a companion, uh, which is uh, cool. They can help you out in combat. Um, they kind of have like the bat system they have in Fallout, you know, in which you yeah. slow mode a game and you can target enemies. Mine's not that expansive yet because I haven't put a lot of skills in that system yet. Um, combat's fun. There's a lot of different weapons in there for what I saw, and um, it's cool that in the dialogue options, based on how you spec your character, you can persuade them or you can lie to them or a lot of different options um i get why people like this game and why it got the the grades it got i would recommend it if you're an rpg player it's just that i'm I'm still waiting for the switch version they had said that it would come out later i don't know how much later but i think uh you're you're an rpg fan so i think you'll like it and Probably you'll laugh a lot because the game really makes fun of itself. Oh I, yeah, I like from the stuff that I saw from trailers and reviews, man, it's hilarious. Yeah. I uh, like the initial review trailer just had me in stitches. Yeah, I, the I read an article the other day that uh, speedrunners are of course trying to beat the game as fast as they can, and there's yeah, a guy that beat the game in 21 minutes because he literally made his character so dumb. You can apparently huh? do that. He made his character so dumb that he skips out a lot of parts of the game because he's too stupid to get to that part of the game. And if you're apparently, if you hit a le- certain levels of dumbness, you also get dumb conversation options. So he skipped like uh, maybe 80% of the game because no. he just doesn't come across it because he's too dumb to figure that out. Oh my goodness, I need to see this right. Yeah, when I saw that, it cracked <laughs> me up. I thought, well, th- I've never seen a game that does that. So that really made it funny. Well, that's a new one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would recommend it. Ah, I'm curious, man. I'm really curious to experiment with that game. Yeah, try it out when it comes out on Switch. Does it have a yeah. release date on Switch? No, they only... They... So here's the thing. They announced the Switch version like a few months after the initial announcement. And then they said, yeah, it's going to come out on Switch, but... Um, it's gonna come out after the, fir- the 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 initial release. Okay. And after that, they haven't said anything. Um, I'm thinking that they're probably gonna focus on whatever bugs they need to squash post release and content. Like on the first content they're gonna release, and then afterwards they're gonna um, release the Switch version because another studio is working on the Switch version. I forget which one. But uh, yeah, I mean it's unreal, so it shouldn't be. I, I mean, there's probably some curve to it because it's a really pretty game. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it's it. It's uh, really pretty. I'm playing it in uh, 4K and it, it really looks nice. Just from the first moment you play it, I was amazed by how colorful it is and how sharp everything is. It's really, really nice. Yeah, cool. Cool. That uh, gives me more confidence in the outer worlds. Um, I was a little bit worried that it might not live up to my expectations, but Hearing it from someone who doesn't play RPGs that often, actually enjoying himself, that gives me a, a little bit more confidence in it. Cool. Awesome. What have you so, been playing? That's my list. Well, I haven't been playing a lot of stuff. I mean, I've kind of been playing the same stuff like last time. So I've been catching up on Dragon Quest XI. Um, yeah, I've been kind of busy with work, so I don't have a lot of time. And when I'm on the train... It, just fall asleep <laughs> um yeah because i'm just exhausted when i'm done with work and when i leave for work most of the time it's super early so i'm still kind of sleepy 
Um, but last week and the coming week, it's going to happen again. So I'll be playing Tetris 99 again in the coming weekend. Well, not this weekend, but the weekend coming up. one of those uh, events again. Yeah, because last week they had, um, to celebrate the launch of Luigi's Mansion, um, the Tetris Maxima for Luigi's Mansion. So if you got 100 points, you get the uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, theme for free. That's nice. um, Which I did. It's it's fine. I mean, they've had better themes. Like the the upcoming Pokemon theme seems like it's going to be way more fun this was fine like i i just did it so i got the 100 points and then i moved on um but yeah i mean the 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 matchmaking has gotten somewhat better since they since they now have the split between people that play normally and people that have gotten the maximus so that have ranked first mm, that's nice um, they can play in the 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 the, the, the invintus cup which means that they're split off from everybody else. I think that's that's really nice because otherwise it kind of turns into that Fortnite situation in which you get into a server, you see a guy with a John Wick skin, and you know, okay, this is going to be really... Yeah, but you don't see people's skins. The only thing that you're noticing is that you're being ganged up on and just getting tons of trash sent to your screen. And then before you even reach rank 90, you're already done. So yeah, it's a lot better. Um, the balance is a lot better. I do. I'm still. If I haven't played a while, I'm a bit rusty. Then I have to get into it so that I can at least rank higher than fifty. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot more balanced now. It makes it a lot easier to get the hundred points. Um, so yeah, like I said, next weekend uh, from the seventh uh, to the ninth. Yeah, seventh to the ninth is the Tetris Maximus for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which of course is leading up to the Sword and Shield release. And that one, actually, the theme actually looks really nice, so I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to get that one as well. Will you be able to um, play it since po- I think Pokemon's coming out next week? The fifteenth. Oh, the fifteenth. You're oh, thinking okay. of Death Stranding, which is coming out the eighth. Yeah, I, I made the same mistake because come I out the same day. Yeah, that's the mistake that I made because I thought both games were coming out on the 15th. But ah. apparently I made the mistake and I kept making the mistake of that Death Stranding was coming out on the 15th instead of the 8th. So yeah, Death Stranding coming out on the 8th of November. Um, Pokemon the week after. Pokemon uh, Sun and Shield, Shield the week after. Exactly. And in the meantime, on Halloween, we got Luigi's Mansion 3 Yay. and I got it. With some extra stuff, which I'm gonna be posting on our YouTube channel. Um, I made a small another, video about uh, the unboxing. stuff. It's kind of an unboxing, yeah. Um, but since it didn't come in an actual box, it's more like this is the stuff that I got for free with my purchase. That's nice. Um, yeah, so that is nice. Yeah, that actually was nice because I went back to the store that I usually frequent, which is my local Game Mania. Shout outs, Game Mania lady stuff. Um, <laughs> They're not sponsoring us or anything. They're not sponsoring us. I wish Game Mania Spot was sponsoring us because that would make our jobs a lot more easier. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, they're they're a cool bunch. I went there a couple of weeks ago before the launch of Luigi's Mansion Three, and I was just going through some stuff that I um, had pre-ordered because my pre-order list is incredibly messy. 
Um, so they were like, okay, let's go through your list because they know me by now. Let's go through your list and make sure that you, you don't have like unnecessary doubles in there. And they were like, well, you had, you pre-ordered uh, Luigi's Mansion a while ago. You want to upgrade to the, to the, to the boo edition. I was like, okay, but how much does that cost? Oh, it doesn't cost anything extra. You just get an extra boo light for free. And I was like, well, sure. Sign me up. And when I got to pick it up on Halloween, they're like, oh, you pre-ordered it early. So you also get the steel bookcase. I'm like, score. Yay! <laughs> it's like, oh, two things for free. Oh, yes. Oh, sure, man. Free stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so then I came back home, started playing Luigi's Mansion 3. And the first thing I noticed, um, and I already noticed this because I saw some of the preview stuff. The game is really pretty. Like, it, the animation levels in this game is... So if you've played, for example, Mario odyssey or breath of the wild and you're thinking like man this like this is ridiculous how can they do this on switch it's like no nah, man luigi's master's like here hold my poltergust 3000 and i'm gonna show you some real animation work here because that game is gorgeous like it's so atmospheric and the animation is so fluid and the fact that even the cutscenes are in engine is so, and you notice that oh, close up, it looks good. Like whenever the the camera zooms in in cutscenes, the the character models are so good. They're so stretchy. It almost looks like I'm watching a Pixar movie. Oh, that's nice. Which is ridiculous for something that's on a on the Switch, right? Like, if you think about the tech that is powering it, it's ridiculous that it looks that good. Yeah, I think, and that's always what the benefit of being a first-party developer is that you get the, you get access to the cutting edge of technology as in if there's any new developments in the company around optimization and stuff like that. So that's True. the benefit. I don't, I don't, I wonder if a third-party company could have made this game as good as it is because the animation part that's something i saw in a lot of reviews that's getting all the praise but here's the thing it's a second party studio which is not even owned by nintendo really yeah next level games oh i thought it was it was an in-house nintendo game no 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 i mean they have in-house people at next level games to pilot this stuff around but they're yeah it's an american company I mean, they made, they're the ones that, that made the sequel. They made Luigi's Mansion 2. Was the original Luigi's Mansion made by Nintendo in-house? or? Yeah, that was in-house. Okay. Yeah. That was, I think, one of Miyamoto's teams. I only played the first one and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, that one already had, like, amazing, like, animation for the GameCube. Yeah, I loved the, so, when you would suck up a ghost and Luigi would be screaming and you would be running around with the vacuum cleaner. I loved the way that looked. He still does that, and it looks even amazing more now. Oh, now I'm really curious. And the thing that they took away when they made the second game was because, you know, Mario wasn't kidnapped in that one, and he is in this one. They put back in the Mar- the, a dedicated Mario button on the D-pad. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you press on down, left, or right on the D-pad, Luigi will still say Mario in, like, different inclinations. And <laughs> sometimes he'll, like, stutter, like, Mario? Or... Mario and 
the mouth actually moves on the in-game model. So you can turn him to the camera, let him say Mario, and you see the mouth oh, wraps moving realistically. It's ridiculous. That's really cool. Oh, man. And the gameplay is... Uh, I'm so glad it's on the Switch. Like, don't get me wrong. I loved Luigi's Mansion 2, but I felt that it being on the 3DS kind of held it back. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as comfortable to play. And for some reason, I mean, I know why they did it, because it was on a portable. They went for a mission structure, which means that you select a mission, you do the mission, go back to the hub, select a mission, go back. Portable, yeah. Exactly. And with Luigi's Mansion 3, you don't have none of that. Basically, now you're not in a mansion. You're at this big-ass hotel that's haunted. Yeah. And um, you're there on vacation with um, Mario and Princess Peach and the Polterpup and, you know, Peach's entourage of toads. And they get captured and it's up to you, Luigi, to save the day again. <laughs> um, and you have way more tools now than you ever had. Um, you have, of course, Gooigi, which also doubles as a way to play the game co-op, which I haven't done yet because the person that wanted to play co-op hasn't shown up yet. Is it only local co-op or... uh... You can... Yeah, the co-op is local, but it does have multiplayer online and um, local wireless. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I haven't tried the the, the multiplayer game yet. It's called the Scarescraper. I haven't tried that mode out yet because I've been way too... Way too into the the main the main game, um, it's a it goes at a snippy pace. So I'm pretty sure that I could probably, if I put my mind to it, I'll probably be able to beat it in like a week or so. Um, because I'm already I think halfway. I just got the the I just got to like the the eighth floor of the the hotel, and from what I read from previews and re- from review, sorry, um, is that there are fifteen or so levels. Halfway so, through. so I'm yeah, about halfway through, and uh, every floor is like a different theme. So, like the first couple of floors, it's just like a regular old hotel, and then like the third or fourth floor is a is a shop, hmm. and then the next floor, well, like one of the floors is a medieval, um, it, like a medieval times restaurant kind of thing, which is hilarious. And the la- the latest floor I did, the seventh floor, was this botanical garden. Oh, nice. Which is literally just like a tower of like plants and stuff, and you have to um, go through it. And these cutscenes are so hilarious, man. Oh, it's like, really? This guy's going to save everybody? <laughs> uh, oh, man. They really should hire someone better. But he gets through it. You get through it. And the boss battles are actually doable now unlike luigi's mansion too um i feel like uh, luigi's always been the underdog he's always been the underdog but for some reason luigi's mansions games have been good again with a lesser extent to two but three really picks it up i mean i had a i have a lot of fun playing this game like the controls are solid um the gameplay is really good and fun and they keep adding more to it like they and they also you also realize that you have to um there's a lot of cool puzzle solving moments where you're like you have to think outside the box because after a certain while you're like oh you're supposed to do this and it's like why is it not working 
I'm supposed to be able to smash this part. And then you're like, oh, wait, can I have two Luigi's out at the same time doing the same thing? And the answer is yes. You can create the goo Luigi clone, have them, for example, latch onto a very heavy desk, then take control of the regular Luigi, and then both of you yank it at the same time. Which is really cool. And the thing that I want to try in multiplayer is, in, or sorry, in co-op is having one um, uh, one player focus on scaring the ghost with the light, so that the other Luigi can focus on sucking up the ghosts. But now you also have another thing where you can do is that when you um, when you have a good grip on the ghosts, you can press A to slam them to the ground. Yeah, I've seen that. That looks cool. And that is so cool to do. Um, it gets a little bit repetitive, but it doesn't get old. Nice. Because you can slam them into other ghosts. And the really fun part is when you're searching, when you're hunting for booze, basically whenever you finish a level, you can return to that floor and look for the for the hidden boo there. Um, and when you find him, it's really funny because now you have to battle the boo. Once you get them, you suck their you, can't can't believe I'm saying this. You you suck them up with their tongue because their tongue is always sticking out. Yeah. And then you slam the boo. When you slam a boo, it is so hilarious because Luigi speeds up. Oh. Yeah, so when you slam a normal ghost, it's just the same animation essentially over and over. And you can determine where you slam left, right, diagonally, whatever. But with the boost, the animation cycle just speeds up. So it's like you're pressing A constantly, like, yeah, slam him into the ground! And everything is, this, like, almost all the furniture is destructible. Oh, cool. Like, in the past... Some furniture were like, they moved, but you couldn't do anything. But now every furniture, you can move, you can suck it up, you can use the plunger to stick to it if it does, you can slam it, you can slam ghosts in it, and it breaks apart. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've had a, I've been having a lot of fun with Luigi's Mansion 3. I can uh, hear that. I'm waiting, I'm curious mm -hmm. to see how it ends. I'm curious to see how it ends too. I mean, obviously he's gonna save them all, but <laughs> oh, I hope so. Uh, I already saved one of them. I've saved one of the one of the three toads. So um, there's only two more toads remaining in Princess Peach and Luigi and Mario. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It plays fun, and of course, Professor Egad is there to hand you new gadgets and tell you like where you need to go next and. It's not it's not as handholdy as Luigi's Mansion 2, which is good because that game was really a lot of handholdy. Like every like every five minutes, Professor Egad has to say something to you. And as always, Professor Egad is hilarious because the way he talks is so it sounds so hilarious. Like there's no actual voice acting, so everything is like in these grunts. And his way of talking is so hilarious throughout the games. It's just like, oh, man, you hear him talking. It's like, oh, it's so funny. He sounds so weird. And he's so creepy. Ah, oh, such a creepy old dude. <laughs> it's like, why are you hunting ghosts, man? You're weird. And why are you putting them in paintings? It's even more weird. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with Luigi's Mansion 3.
Good to hear. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I finish that before Pokemon launches because once Pokemon launches, it's pretty much that and Dragon Quest. I'm uh, and Last of Us. I'm Don't worry about it. I'm still playing buying Last of Pokemon, Us. but I'm not sure yet. Well, if I wasn't budgetary constraints, uh, I would probably buy two versions and give you one. But budgetary constraints are not allowing me to to buy two copies this time around. Thanks. To, it's a thought that counts. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the more people are playing, the more people I can trade with. So, yeah. Plus, it would allow us to talk about it a bit more. Um, I'm curious as to how someone who is not, who has not been a part of the whole Pokemon cycle would actually experience this particular version of Pokemon, because this is completely new. This is the first time they're bringing out a really big game. You know, outside of Let's Play. The only um, Pokemon Let's play, I ever uh, Let's played Go. was uh, Pokemon Red on the Game Boy. Yeah, so that's been a really long time. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, um, yeah, so I, I am still curious what you would think about it. So, um, uh, yeah, I'll see how we're going to do that. But I will definitely let people know how at least Pokemon Sword and Shield is playing. Um, I have that already pre-ordered for a long time now, so. Uh, that should that should go well. You know what? I'm just gonna pre-order it right now. You sure? Yeah. I just want to... wait. Which one are you gonna do? Because what's the difference? That way, I know which. One... Well, there are still version exclusive Pokemon in there. So if we're gonna do it this way, then that way, um, at least I have to know which one you're getting so that I get the right one, so I don't have to. Which one are you so getting? I'm. I think. Hang on, let me see real quickly here. I think I'm getting, I pre-ordered both, but I pre-ordered one very specific version that comes with a free plush. Again, shout outs to uh, Game Mania. Hashtag sponsor us, Game Mania. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, um, it comes with a Grookey, which is uh, hashtag Grookey Gang, best, uh, best starter Pokemon, grass types. And anybody who... Uh, wishes to call me out on that grass types are not the best starter Pokemon, uh, can, uh, yeah, can bite me. Because they are. Um, I got the Grookey version with shield. Then I'll buy the short sword one. Sorry, sorry, I got it with sword, not shield. Yeah. Then I'll buy the shield one. Cool. Bam. Bam. In. La la la. Yes, ship to me. Yes, this is a life ordering, people. This is a life ordering. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. And there you go. I've placed an order for Pokemon. Well, call me an impulse buyer. I just did. <laughs> Boom. Boom. And with that, right. we would so like that... to end the segment, I guess. Before I buy yeah. some more stuff I shouldn't buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick around, guys. And we'll be back with our hidden gems. Alrighty, welcome back to our last segment, the hidden gem. Hidden gems. I was just about to ask you to do that, but you already <laughs> did that. <laughs> Have you already made a jingle out of that? Um, no, but I was working on it, and you still haven't given me feedback. Did you? 
Didn't I sent you something like a while ago, and you're like, I know that you were busy during that time, so oh. it probably just passed you by, but oh, I'll crap. send you again. Oh, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll happily listen to it. Anyways, <laughs> you might want to kick us off. What is your hidden gem for this week? Yes, by all means, I will. Um, so this week's hidden gem um, kind of dovetails of last week's hidden gem, more in the sense of unique kind of games that are not being made anymore. And this week's is no different because it is about Rival Schools. And if you don't know what Rival Schools is, then you probably have never played a Capcom fighting game ever. Because Rival Schools is one of those rare Capcom fighting games that came out in the late 90s during the 3D fighting game revolution boom. Even to the point where even Street Fighter was in 3D with Street Fighter EX. Um, which was not made by Capcom. I have it was no made idea by Akira. Rival Schools is. Rival Schools is a fighting game made okay. in-house by Capcom. Okay. Um, and it is, it's a really fun game. The, the whole unique aspect of Rival Schools is that it's a 3D fighter where you choose um, two characters to fight as. So you, you in, a, in between rounds, you switch we switch them so for example if i chose a character uh hang on let me see if i can find the character list because i don't know the names out of my uh, from the top of my head if for example i choose uh hinata and kiosuke um and hinata gets gets chaos during the first round it switches to kiosuke and during battle, there are moments that you can do dual attacks where you summon another character. They'll either perform a physical attack or they'll perform a buff uh, or a heal on your character. Um, and then, of course, you also have the special attacks that you do together, um, which is really fun. It's a really cool game. And basically, it's like the the way like the title suggested, it's rival schools. So rival school members fighting against each other, um, and um, essentially the whole big bad of the story is this super oppressive school that has been kidnapping people um, to join their ranks and form an army. Wow. So it's up to you and your classmates and other rival schools to stop them. Heavy story for a game back then. I mean, eh, as heavy as you can make it for a fighting game. I mean, the whole thing is that it was a 3D fighting game. I mean, you're still fighting on a 2D plane, but you can, like in Tekken, essentially uh, dodge in a 3D plane, so in and out. Um, and yeah the whole aspect of course is that it is a 3d fighter so it looks pretty and you have voice acting and stuff like that in it for something that came out in 1997 um sorry 1997 in arcades 1998 on playstation it was a really fun game i mean i picked it up uh on a trip to london with my dad hmm. um one summer and we were in this this uh, electronic store and there were two games that we picked up then there was soul edge which i may touch upon in another hidden gem um and rival schools 
And I picked both of them up because they were relatively cheap in the UK. Especially considering the fact that in, in the UK everything is expensive. I was about um, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think I got I think I got um, Soul Edge on discount, and Rival Schools was I think priced a little bit less than normal, so I was able to get them. I was allowed to get both of them, um, and I just love playing Rival Schools, man. It is so much fun. It is like I mean I was. I'm, I'm not gonna say how old I was, but I was entering <laughs> high school. So, if you know how old duchies are when they enter high school, you know about how old I was. And this was a fighting game that was set in high school, so you know it was kind of relatable to a certain point because it was Japanese high school kids and stereotypes in there that makes no sense to anybody who lives in Europe. But it's really cool to see. I mean, you had different kinds of uh, school kids fighting. You had the jocks fighting. You had, you know, your basic kids fighting. You had the smart kids fighting, the, the greaser kinds fighting. Um, and even some of the staff got into it. So there's even some of the staff, like, for example, this gym teacher with this bamboo, um, with this bamboo sword. That one is actually funny because his buff, um, when he buffs up your character, uh, you, he let he um, he'll uh, what does he do again with the bamboo sword? He'll smack it to the ground a couple. No, wait, he doesn't buff. He attacks your opponent by coming into the fray, letting your opponent drop down and do some push-ups. <laughs> What? And then he's like, I'm unsatisfied by your push-ups. And then smacks them with the bamboos. <laughs> <laughs> and they take damage. I'm like, oh my god, that is so hilarious. Who comes up with this stuff? I don't know. The the nurse, however, sexy nurse character, by the way. Oh god. She heals you by giving you a massage. Wow. But she also attacks by using very violent massage against the enemies. And literally just doing the most painful chiropractic chiropractic things ever, like literally breaking limbs and breaking backs. Uh, <laughs> probably this doesn't sound like a friendly game anymore. But it's a fighting game. What do you expect? I mean, there's a bike. There's a biker chick who throws skulls at you. Oh wow! Yeah, reminds me so, of Paul from Tekken, I think. Um, kinda. But if you've played any, if you've played like, for example, Street Fighter EX, um, it's more akin to Skullomania. So yeah, it's like a Skullomania fangirl. So her outfit looks like Skullomania, but super weird. Plus, it does have a cameo from Street Fighter Sakura. Oh. You, you know Sakura, right, from Street Fighter? I do. Yeah, so she's also in the game, obviously, but she doesn't belong to any of the existing schools in the game because every like you have three characters representing each school, and she's the lone character representing her own school, which is hilarious. And she has her own storyline in the game, which is completely irrelevant to the main storyline of the game. 
So yeah, I mean, that's also one of the reasons, obviously, why I love this game, because I'm a big Sakura fan. She's awesome. She looks up to Ryu, so her fighting style is similar to that of Ryu and Ken's. And yeah, so you can show you can the crap out of your other classmates. That's <laughs> 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 just hilarious. It's so awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's kind of sad because um, Rival Schools never really got a proper sequel. I mean, in Japan, it got an expanded sequel, kind of. Um, but it's just an expansion of the of the game of the original game with two new characters and a whole bunch of single player modes so it never got localized and it got a pseudo sequel on the dreamcast called project justice but you know dreamcast died so not a lot not a lot of people know about that one there is one big difference between that one and rival schools whereas rival schools you could choose only two characters in uh, Project Justice, you can choose three characters to be on your team. And it works kind of more like how Marvel vs. Capcom works over how Rival Schools itself worked. So you can change characters mid-battle. And if I'm not mistaken, you share one health bar, kind of, sort of. But uh, yeah, that's Project Justice and... Honestly, both games deserve to have remakes. Uh, at the very least, Capcom, if anybody from Capcom is listening right now, please give us a compilation of Rival Schools. I'll pay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are other people there that would pay for a compilation of Rival Schools. We've been waiting for years for a new game in the, in the series, and all you're giving us is a... Street Fighter that's locked to one console. I mean, come on, man. Just at least give everybody else that doesn't like doesn't want to play Street Fighter on PlayStation or on PC something else to look forward to. I mean, yeah. Just give us rival schools, man. I want to play as Butsu and kick other kids as... Ooh, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I want to kick ass in like a cool like school setting. Ah, it's just it was just a, such a fun game to play and look for the time it looked really cool. And the mechanics were essentially Street Fighter mechanics on a 3D plane. It honestly played better than Street Fighter EX did. So, yeah. That's my hidden gem. <laughs> Just give us rival schools, Capcom, please. <laughs> I just love the way you finish that. It's kind of like a semi-rant, and then, well, there's my hidden gem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've already said everything I want to say about the game, and it's, it's been it's been 20 years. Just throw us a bone. I hope somebody from Capcom is actually listening and throws you your bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay. So what's your hidden gem, dude? So for my hidden gem, I hope somebody from EA or DICE is listening because my hidden gem, and I'm actually surprised that I didn't come up with this one earlier, is Battlefield 3. Because, yeah. oh my god. Battlefield 3, I think, came out in 2011. And I, bought, I remember fondly because that's the first time I built my own PC. Mm -hmm. um, and I could play that game on max settings. 
and it was kind of the first time I went all in on a shooter on PC because I never liked those because I couldn't play with mouse and keyboard. And I thought, okay, this is the moment, make or break. I have to go all in or not. And I went all in and oh my God, did I have so much fun playing Battlefield 3. Um, for those who don't know, Battlefield 3 is set in the Modern Warfare era. It was kind of in the moment when Call of Duty also came out with a Modern Warfare game. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, um... And Battlefield 3 was pretty innovative for the time because it featured a similar destructibility system like in um, in Bad Company 2. But it was it was a complete experience. So it had a, a full-fledged single player. It had a co-op component that you could play missions, varied missions with friends. And you could play the multiplayer of Battlefield, which it all revolves around. It was the first time... EA come out, came out with Battlefield Premium for that game as well. So the, kind of the season pass. Uh, ah, right, yeah. Yeah, it was called Battlefield Premium, which came a couple of months after Battlefield came out. Um, and what I loved about Battlefield is, is besides the single player being really cool, there were some famous actors in it. Battlefield really hasn't been known for its single player, but for the first time after Bad Company 2, they were actually focused on making a nice, compelling single player, which took you all over the world. It was really nice. And, well, I basically bought it for the multiplayer. And I remember the first time when I played, I remember playing the beta. And the first impressions I had was, oh my God, this game is so pretty. And I said that so many times when I was playing the beta with my friends. And eventually they got sick of me saying, of me hearing, hearing that. Ah, wow, I just, you see, that's how amazed <laughs> I am by this game. I just don't know what to say anymore. They got sick of hearing that. They said, yeah, okay, we know. Shut up already. We know the game's pretty. But like, no, the game's so pretty, you know? <laughs> I, I literally did that the whole beta. And it was so cool. It was the first time they introduced the Rush game mode on a bigger scale. So mm. You had uh, Operation Metro, which Battlefield fans know. Um, Operation Metro got remade for the new Battlefield called Operation Underground. And it was just so awesome. You could customize your weapons. You could add attachments. Because at the time, Call of Duty didn't really do that. You could add a scope or a silencer. But here you could go all out. Heavy barrel, longer range scope, bipods, more ammo. There were these similar perk-esque things. So you could have more ammo or be more resistant to damage. You could fly in planes, tanks, jeeps. Um, and... The way this game, the, the reason this game has such a big impact on me is because we always played the game with a, with a group of friends. We always had Skype turned on and we would just play as a squad. And it would be so cool because we would then just four or five people of us would play and it would be like, oh, okay, cool. Enemy spotted there. Cool. Covering fire. Oh, no. Reloading. And then somebody would cover you and you would cover somebody else. It just felt so real. I remember because my mom always used to shout, hey, shut up. We can hear you in the living room. And that was how, how much exciting it was for me. Uh, but besides that, the maps were really, really great. I remember when they showed at Gamescom the Caspian border map. It was this big, expansive green map, which had some urban combat areas in it. Every level had one of these, these set pieces. Um, they followed up with that in Battlefield 4, which they called Levolution. So in, in Caspian Border, there was this huge tower which could crash suddenly down, changing the map structure a bit. There was a, a map in which a battleship was lodged against a, a wind farm. And then if you cause enough damage to the ship, the ship would just sail across the island and cause the, the level to shift a bit. 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and all the it's one of those first games that had such a strong base maps for the multiplayer that all the maps that came out initially with the game were all good. I enjoyed every single map in there because there was such a big variety in the maps. You had Santa Crossing, which was literally in downtown Paris, between all the buildings, you could blow a lot of stuff up. I remember a couple of times in which we were just running across a bridge and then a tank would just uh, um, drive by out of a street we didn't expect it. I would just lay on the ground, a friend of mine would get hammered by a, a tank shell and I would scream in the mic, I'm sitting next to the tank, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. And then the tank would just blaze past me and I would blow him up. Um, I just have so much fond memories. I mean, you can probably hear the excitement in my voice. Yeah, and, definitely. I mean, like, that's one of... It, I think it's the only multiplayer game so far that I've put 300 hours in. Jeez. Yeah, that's how much I love Battlefield 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, the, the beauty of these games. If you play it together with people and if you're passionate about it, it only makes the experience fun. They added a lot of additional content after the release. So the first expansion pack, for example, was called the Back to Karkon pack, which was uh, maps they remade from Battlefield 2, uh, such as Gulf of Oman. Um, add, they added new weapons, they added new vehicles. They also started with the assignment system there so that if you wanted to unlock a certain weapon or a vehicle, you had to complete assignments, which were, for example, kill 20 enemies with weapon A, um, blow up so many tanks with weapon B, um, I don't know, Get a kill streak of so much, and they expanded on that with the with the games that came with the expansions that came after that. They added bigger maps. One was called Bondar Desert, I believe, which was the biggest battlefield map at that time, which was in this huge desert. Kind of reminded me of uh, Transformers uh, uh, Two, and with the desert setting, um, they added uh, a kind of an earthquakey map. Which was set in Iran, and then you had um, uh, sure. actual earthquakes. Uh, no, it was it was supposed it was played after an earthquake had taken place, so ah, okay. a lot of places were torn up. You could get into makeshift trenches. I remember one of the um, the expansion packs was uh, close quarter, so you had a lot of these close quarter maps, and they added uh, a game mode called Gunmaster, so you would have to. Uh, make two kills with a weapon and then you would switch up to a new weapon and you would start out with like a pistol and the last weapon would be a knife for example and then you had 15 or 20 weapons that you had to get through Um, for example if you got knifed by somebody you would drop a weapon that kind of added some excitement in there all in all it's just yeah I I don't I, I think I at least people can hear based on the excitement in my voice that I love this game but it's one of those games you just have to play and i sometimes still boot it up and i still play it um it still has a lively community a lot of people are still playing it um if you have it play it if you don't have it i think you can get it like real real cheap it's even included in origin access or premiere i was about to ask you yeah, yeah it's included in the origin premiere um so it's one of those games that you can just fairly easily get into Maybe it's a bit difficult these days because the people that are probably playing it are still hardcore players. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one of those games you just want to play. Does it have private servers or anything? Um, at the time it did. So you could rent your own server. 
we would, uh, for example, host a, a land party, as that is called. Sounds so geeky when I say that. It's uh, a land party, man. Just say it. Yeah, at a friend's place, for example, and we would just rent a server, and then we would uh, be there for like a weekend, or and we would play with uh, six or eight people on uh, our custom server, and we would make up our own rules and our own game modes and stuff like that. Um, funnily enough, rent a server isn't available in Battlefield Five right now. It's been one of those features that has dropped out and added again in over the last few years over different Battlefield games. I think DICE has committed to adding it to this Battlefield. It's just not there yet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and one yeah. thing that was... The, the only thing that set me off with this game is it came out in the time that Need for Speed had a feature called Autolog, which was supposed to be part of this massive online world it will log all your data and you could compare your oh, stats right. with other wow. players and stuff like that. And the most annoying part is, is this feature carried over yeah. to Battlefield where it was called Battle Log. Whoa, yes, so original. But the annoying part is, is <laughs> if you wanted to play multiplayer, if you would click play on in Origin, it would redirect you to a website. You would have to log About, in yeah. that like, website. Yeah, you needed to log into the yeah. browser. Yeah, that's where the server. Oh, yep. I remember. Wow, that was stupid. That was really annoying. <laughs> yeah, so you had to, your your server browser was basically a website, and then through that website, you would have to join servers and adjust your filters. Later, they added features in which you can already kit out your your character from that screen. It didn't always work as well. Um, luckily, they ditched the feature in Battlefield Four, I think. Um, do you still need it in Battlefield 3 though? Yeah, it's still uh, hardwired. Yep. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that was the only thing that set me off because it was always the stupid battle log you had to log into and they kind of it was around the time that it was I think the forefront of live service games because mm. it was kind of like a social network. You would see all your friends and the things that they're doing kind of like in a Facebooky feed. I really couldn't care less. I just wanted to play Battlefield, you know. Um that's the only downside. But besides yeah. that, buy it, play it, you'll love it. Cool. That's my hidden gem. Yeah. Nice hidden gem. Man. I've never been go, so man. excited about a game, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, actually, right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's been a long episode, so let's wrap it up. As always, thank you for listening to Game Rivals. Uh, if you want to follow us you can do that on uh twitter uh which is at game underscore rivals underscore uh you can follow me on twitter which is at maximilian uh if you have any other feedback that you want to send us in a long form you can do that through our email which is game rivals feedback at gmail.com um we also uh at the top of this episode you'll probably hear a message from me but i'm repeating it here again um we have a uh we have a form. We have a um, survey. Thing. Survey. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> um, we have a survey out um, for you to fill in. Uh, please do, because we would love to hear your feedback. And we'd love to uh, see which ways we can improve the show. You can find you the like. link in the description. You can find the link in the description. Um, so far, only... Uh, Two people have uh, did it so far, so more people thank you, will. two people. We need more, but thank you. <laughs> um, you can find us on any podcasting service that you happen to use. You can find us on 
uh, Google Play. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Anchor, our home and uh, place. You can find us on Stitcher, Overcast, uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and once again, thank you for listening. Sean Templer, do you have anything else to add? People should check out your cool unboxing video on our YouTube channel. Yes. Yes, thank you for reminding me of our YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, oh, I posted oh, a while ago. You also forgot yeah. the anchor voice messages. People can leave oh, anchor dang. voice messages. Yeah, I almost forgot. Wow, that, wow. I forgot. You, you say it almost every it. episode, and now you forgot. I see. <laughs> but, but people can say it too know. much. <laughs> but yeah. You can leave yeah, the anchor so voice can. message. You can. Yeah. It's uh, it's a link that's also in the description. If you use Anchor, you can do it directly. If you don't use Anchor, don't worry. You don't need an Anchor account to do it. You can just hit up the link, press record, send us a message, and you might be featured on one of our episodes this week. Uh, not, not this week, but in future episodes. Um, it's been a long one, guys. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we also have a YouTube channel. Um, right now, it only has one video. But like I said uh, earlier in this episode, I'm going to be adding another video about Luigi's Mansions we unboxing. We uh, add that link uh, in the description as well. Yeah, I'll add the link into the description as well because um, it's a bit hard to find us on uh, YouTube because apparently a lot of people thought it would be funny to call themselves game rivals and do squat with it. Um, Look at how original yeah. we were with the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we actually, actually thought we had it. a good name when we came up with it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't check everything. I mean, we checked everything, literally except YouTube. Um, but yeah, um, hit us up there. Give us, a, give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Um, that way we'll be picked up by the YouTube algorithms. And the same thing, of course, with the podcasting algorithms. Give us a, give us a review, um, hopefully five stars. Um, give us feedback through that as well, because that also improves our visibility on those platforms. Um, that way we can bring you even more content, even more fun conversations about the video games industry, the games that we play and the games that we love. And hopefully we can share in your games that you play and love as well uh, in the future uh, on one of the episodes on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else you want to share, Sean Templar? Hey, there's Maximilian X here um, at the end of the episode. Um, we had some technical difficulties, so you don't get to hear Sean Templar sign off. So you get to hear me shine off for myself and Sean Templar. Uh, thank you guys once again for listening, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Bye.